today our plan is to talk about forgiveness and um, not simply um, forgiveness in the sense of like going to confession which is good but kind of how we uh, live forgiveness in our own lives with other people because I think that's a challenging thing so uh, I'm gonna start out with the uh, um, reading from Matthew chapter 18 when uh, Peter asked our Lord Lord how often must I forgive my brother if he wrongs me as many as seven times and Jesus answered I say to you not seven times but 77 times um, and then we also know you know Jesus talking about you know forgiveness uh, from the cross probably one of the greatest statements you know from the cross he cried out in Luke chapter 23 father forgive them for they know not what they do and um, also the Our Father itself, the prayer, you know, um, you know, saying, you know, forgive us our trespasses, or as it's better translated in the Greek, our debts, as uh, we forgive the debts of others. And so, um, you know, a Christian is really uh, called to be like our Heavenly Father and be ready to forgive people. Um, and so... Um, you know, but is uh, how far does that require us to go? Is a you know, is there an unlimited forgiveness or not? Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, that uh, is required, and 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 what degree of limits is there on that? Um, you know, and so, um, you know. You know, Jesus reminds us in uh, Matthew chapter 6, If you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. So for us to um, experience God's forgiveness, um, we have to be willing to forgive ourselves. And that's the conclusion of the parable that he makes in Matthew 18 when he talks about the uh, servant uh, who uh, was forgiven a large debt by his owner but then did not give forgive his fellow servant the smaller debt and then was punished so we know that our own forgiveness has to uh, come from a similar generous heart that we show to others um, but that's also a two-edged sword because we remember if, if Christ, God's not going to forgive our trespasses if we don't forgive others right and so Jesus is saying is that uh, uh, forgiveness is not a, a one-way street you know to experience forgiveness in a situation there has to be the person who owes the forgiveness to the other and the recipient and they both have to be willing to work on that for true forgiveness to occur um, so I'll start out what do you think it really means to forgive someone oh um. I guess it means um, not harboring any, uh, it's, it's even more than feelings, but uh, my words are escaping me, not harboring any feelings of resentment or, or feeling like you've been done wrong. Um, so you can return to uh, seeing that person, I guess, as God sees that person as a loving, you know, to love that person. Yeah. Um... And I guess going off of that, because you mentioned feelings, so is it ever okay to be angry? Yeah. With, oh, yeah. But so not per, uh, perpetually. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Don't let the sun go down in your anger. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's actually one of the things I was going to say. But um, so uh, it's kind of misguided to think that forgiveness is strictly based upon feelings, and that's right. what we fall into a lot of times. Like, that's well, if I'm angry with someone, that means I'm uh, resentful, and that means uh, I'm not forgiving them. And so we, you know, we get mad at ourselves. Like, oh, if I if I'm upset or angry with someone for doing something, I'm doing something evil myself, and I'm not forgiving them. And that's not quite the case because we don't have, first of all, we don't have full control over the emotions we have. You know, it's very natural for someone to feel angry about something. Um, and we even know that um, Jesus himself got angry. You know, it says so, in, and, uh, you know, he was angry when they were the, the money changers in the temple, or it says specifically he got angry when people were uh, casting judgment in their hearts about him healing an uh, individual on the Sabbath with the withered hand. So Jesus himself got angry. Um, but the key is obviously how we manage that anger, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, so as you quoted from Paul in Ephesians 4.26, you know, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, which means it's okay to be angry, but we can't let that be the only guiding uh, emotion that we have, you know, um, on how we react to someone, because uh, anger itself can be a good, you know, anger can is emotion that drives us sometimes, uh, or an instinct to protect something from injustice, you know, if we get angry that, you know, people are being mistreated, and that spurs us on to do something good, that's good. So, Thomas Aquinas talks about anger in this way in the sumo he says evil may be found in anger when to wit one is angry more or less than right reason demands but if one is angry in accordance with right reason one's anger is deserving praise mm-hmm. so you know we talk about this thing called just anger mm-hmm. uh, and that's supposed to help us lead to uh, um, a good but we know that anger as you were saying by itself if it's just I'm perpetually angry about something and that's the emotion I'm feeling towards someone or something uh, that's you know especially in our concupiscent state we're going to be misled and overdo things and uh, and do things more Led to out of hate and despair yeah. yeah so this is where forgiveness comes in to kind of help balance anger uh, so um, forgiveness is particularly guided by the four cardinal virtues fortitude temperance, justice, and prudence. So fortitude, especially enduring through difficult times uh, to seek out the good when it's not easy. Um, Temperance, because we need to have some type of control over our anger like we talked about. We can't just let it go however we want to. Justice, because we want to give what's right to everyone. Uh, And we can't ignore justice. God himself doesn't ignore justice you know I mean he punishes people accordingly to their crime right and prudence because we have to be wise about you know uh, thinking about what the will of God is in the situation for those things and this all formulates of course to our greatest virtue which is love which you talked about okay um, and forgiveness is kind of uh, a path to help us let go of the anger of not holding on to us and completely guiding us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have to remember, forgiveness is not uh, simply a return to the status quo, 
right? You know, it's like just because someone did something wrong and they seek out forgiveness, we don't say, well, it's, it's like it never happened at all and we don't have to worry about it, right? <laughs> um, you know, so for instance, like if someone murdered someone, we wouldn't say, oh, just say you're sorry to the family and then everything's good and all bygones be bygones and it's no big deal and just go on with your life. No, mm-hmm. you know? Or, you know, if someone's a child molester, even if they get out of prison, we're not gonna say, hey, why don't you go work at a uh, childcare facility? That'd be great for you because there's a broken trust when sin enters in, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, prudence kind of dictates uh, to us, you know, how, what level of trust that we can allow people to be in situations based upon what they've done and then what they show, how with their actions in the future, how they gain that level of trust back. But there might be certain situations where there's never fully a level of trust gained back, okay? You know, we wouldn't trust the uh, alcoholic to be sitting in a, uh, you know, a, a bar surrounded by a bunch of alcohol and say that's a good situation probably in any point in his life, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe some people do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, uh, John Paul II talks about um, uh, in his Divis Misericordiae's, his, um, his encyclicals, he writes out, um, the requirement of forgiveness does not cancel out requirement of justice. Uh, and basically paraphrasing, nowhere in the gospel does uh, forgiveness allow indulging evil and that reparation is needed. Okay, so there is a need for reparation. It's, you know, it's not simply just forgive and forget, you know, as some people want us to say. So, gets to, you know, this question is forgiveness, is it unconditional? Like, do we always just give forgiveness even when someone's not sorry? And uh, in Luke 17, actually, Jesus talks about when your brother sins against you, how you're to respond. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, um, if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he wrongs you seven times in one day and returns to you seven times saying, I'm sorry, you should forgive him. So he's not saying, you know, forgive him regardless. He's saying forgive him when he repents, okay? Mm. And so for someone to truly repent, as we know, you know, they have to acknowledge that they did something wrong and they have to have a firm purpose in, in, in their heart that they're actually going to, you know, want to change their life and not commit that wrong again, okay? You know, so uh, someone is a little bit disingenuous if they say, uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I won't, uh, you know, uh, break your, say you're a friend, you lend something to a friend and they break it, mm-hmm. and they say, oh, I'm sorry, I broke it, but then they don't even do anything to, like, repair it, even if they have the means to. Let's say they have the means to fix it or repay you or buy something else, and they don't do that. There's nothing that says, well, you should keep on lending things to this person, right? I mean, it'd be in your right to say, hmm, you know, this person really hasn't shown that they're sorry for having broken this. Uh, so it's, it doesn't mean that I need to lend them stuff in the future because they didn't really show that they were sorry for that, you know? Um, I mean, obviously, another example is the typical, you know, domestic abuse situations where people say, oh, I'm sorry, and then they, you know, aren't changing the behavior. You don't have to keep on saying, I need to forgive this person and keep being with this person, whatever, you know. I mean, those are serious situations that you have a right to not be in. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, now, there can be kind of this 
partial forgiveness type of approach. You know, where you're not saying I completely trust this individual with my stuff or with my life by being in this relationship. But at the same time, we might, you know, as we talked about, try to let go of that anger, not wish harm on that person, not be the only driving force, even when we've been sorely hurt by these individuals. Um, you know, I remember my old pastor telling a story about this woman whose son was... Uh, um, killed by terrorists for being Christian and saying that she would, if she'd met them, would want to thank them for sending her son to heaven or something like that. And I was like, well, you know, that's very honorable to show that type of love. But at the same time, I, I think we could all still feel some, you know, right, just anger, you know, that's not what God intended for your son to be killed, even though God uses a path for salvation for him and hopefully others, you know, um, because also God doesn't unconditionally forgive. He doesn't say, oh, you committed a moral sin, you're an unrepentant, well, let's have you come to heaven. I mean, it's impossible because God's not going to go against his will, which is to respect our personal freedom, right? So if we choose not to be with God, God's not going to be quote, forgiving us and allowing us into heaven if we're not really truly repentant. Um, and it might actually not be a bad, you know, it's actually okay to sometimes want people to experience consequences uh, of their wrongdoing to help, as long as it's ordered towards you're hoping for them to change. Like, you know, I hope, you know, my friend gets arrested for this and he goes to jail and he spends time thinking about the wrong he did so he doesn't do it in the future. You know, so there, it's okay to desire that, you know. Now, it wouldn't be like, I hope my friend gets arrested and he gets the death penalty and dies. You know, okay, no, that's going beyond justice, right? Mm -hmm. But there is a desire to have people sometimes, you know, like experiencing consequences. I mean, I think we, you know, people as parents experience this all the time. Like, you're like, well, I'm glad you experienced the consequences of your wrong decision there. And I hope you learn from this. I mean, it's not wrong that uh, in some ways to think, you know, hopefully your children experience consequences of their bad actions so they learn from them, right? Um, and not just keep on going because if we never experience consequences of our wrong actions, how many of us would want to change our life? Probably very few. There's, there's not much impetus for uh, disordered people with disordered desires to change their life if they never have experienced consequences and they always experience happiness and pleasure no matter what they did. Wow, the <laughs> world would be pretty <laughs> lost at this point if we never experienced that, right? So, um, you know, so at the end of the day, uh, forgiveness is a two-way street, I think we have to remember, uh, and that um, we also um, don't want to ever hold grudges against people, but anger itself is not always an unjust response, mm -hmm. you know, as long as we keep it in control and have it ultimately guided by love. Mm -hmm. uh, anger can be the right response. I mean, you know, think about Jesus when he comes to Jerusalem and he's out there and he's bemoaning Jerusalem and how they've killed the prophets. And at the same time, he's wanting to be like a mother hen to them and spread his wings out and gather them in, mm -hmm. you know. So there's this balance of righteous anger that Jesus has for what the inhabitants of Jerusalem over the years have done to people and what they're going to do to him, obviously, but at the same time desiring the good for them. And so I think ultimately, you know, that's where that balance comes in, but we don't want the extremes of forgive and forget and, you know, 
go back to the status quo when people have wronged us, but also be on the extreme of never forgiving people, which we see a lot of times. Like, I can never forgive that person for the evil they've done. And ultimately, the good in our heart that that does for us is that it transforms us, as you mentioned, to be able to see uh, the divine purpose that God has. Obviously, Paul says in Corinthians, like, the, this is the will of uh, God, your salvation. But at the same time, respecting our freedom, okay? And that's where forgiveness allows us to do that, where at one point we can have salvation, but we also respect people's freedom and we also have to respect our rights and respect justice. You know, we can't ignore justice as if, you know, mercy cancels out justice. No, mercy is the fulfillment and goes beyond justice, right? You know, Christ giving himself on the cross to the Father is greater than the justice that he would receive by us all being sent to hell eternally for punishment, right? So God didn't cancel out justice. He just superseded the payment of justice, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where the balance, I think, those comes in, and hopefully you can have a healthy approach and not feel guilty at times. Oh. Oh. I, well, I didn't stop it. You can go. Um, what, what, is, what are your thoughts on... Uh, you mentioned that forgiveness like we don't have to forgive and you know God doesn't or maybe correct me if I'm wrong but God doesn't you know he's not saying that we have to like forgive you know unconditionally at all times and go back to the status quo um, however what are your thoughts on on the power of, of grace and the the healing that God can give us um, to uh, heal from injustices or slights uh, after we forgive. So, like step yeah, one, I, you have I to mean, forgive and then heal. Yeah, so there's always going to be a healing process, even if someone does not come back and ask for repentance. The repentance allows for the repair of a relationship, okay? That's what it ultimately leads to. And sometimes that's going to take time, right? I mean, um, you know, uh, um, I'm trying to think of a good example of, uh, um, uh, um, uh, I think, I'm trying to remember that one young virgin saint, uh, saint, uh, like very, very young. Yeah. Uh, you levitated? Not, not levitated. Oh. <laughs> uh, she was like 12 or 13. Yeah. I, uh, I and mean, not, not saint, yeah, saint, uh forgetting her name right on the spot. Anyways. Wasn't she, like, supposed to be married to, like, some... Nah, well, there's probably someone like that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Plenty of those same stories. Yeah. The person who's supposed to get married to someone and really wanted to be a virgin. But, mm -hmm. um, but anyways, there's, uh, you know, um, uh, it's not, it's like St. Genna? No, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm forgetting. But anyways, so she, uh, this guy saw her and came in and wanted to rape her and she refused and then he ultimately killed her and then she right. came back in a dream to him and yeah, you know helped convert her and then ultimately this guy he went to jail and then he lived a life of penance as like a monk basically and he met with this mom her mom and then 
they ultimately were at the canonization for her daughter, you know, together. And, but, uh, you know, wow. it's not to say, you know, that's when, where forgiveness and that two-way street of forgiveness allows for the reparation of a relationship, but that probably takes time, you know? Right. You know someone like, hey, I killed your daughter. Uh, you should forgive me and let's be friends. Like, you don't have to be like friends and hang out and be buddy-buddy now, okay? So that takes time. I mean, his life and him going to jail and what he did after that point probably all helped that mother to uh, see that he was genuine and he changed his life and also trust, you know what, my daughter is in a better place and something greater good is coming out of that. And that's, you know, what uh, the... Uh, you know, what forgiveness on a two-way street allows to happen, okay? Yeah. It allows for the repair of the relationship, and that may take time and certain actions by the person to earn that trust back, and it might get back to the status quo. I mean, ultimately, when Adam and Eve fell and, and you know, uh, irreparably damaged our relationship with God that we couldn't fix, and Jesus comes in over time and fixes everything, Yes, guess what? Actually, the relationship is made even better than what it was from the beginning, okay? Because now we're, you know, <laughs> sons and daughters of God, which was impossible prior to Christ becoming incarnate, which would never have happened without the fall. Right. So um, forgiveness is basically the pathway to ultimately repairing a relationship, but it can't be done unilaterally because that would not respect the freedom of someone else, right? You know, that's like forcing something that's not truly there, you know. And re right relationships means that, you know, when two people are friends, they truly desire the good for each other. And if someone's not sorry for what they did to someone else, they're really not living as a friend to that person and desiring the good, right? Yeah. So um, that's, that's where there's limitations on forgiveness and why you can't have unilateral forgiveness. Right. Because it's about repairing a relationship. And so there's some relationships that will never be repaired. Okay, so I have another question. Yeah. Um, so I myself have forgiven unilaterally um, in regards to relationships that I realize I cannot uh, walk away from. Because mm -hmm. with most people in the world, like, you know, you, if you, they're not willing to come to the table and, you know, you yeah. guys mutually forgive, then okay, I guess guess this isn't gonna be a friendship that moves forward and, and no. you just kind of grow apart um, however in, in terms of family like so you know my dad has hurt me in many ways and there was a point in my later teenage years where I realized that he may never change and I can't make him change however I'm going to still forgive him because the anger that I was holding inside against him was was, was destroying me essentially yeah and and um, so I, I, I guess, took it upon myself to forgive him, knowing that if I did forgive him, mm -hmm. that he would probably still hurt me in the future, but I would not put myself more than I needed to to have a, a you know, a, a respectful father-son relationship. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go live with him, despite yeah. him asking me to live with him in, in my early 20s. I said, no, I'm not going to live with you because last time it was too painful. And, and yeah. um, he never came to the table asking, you know, for forgiveness. But I forgave him and I did ask for his forgiveness. And um, 
so I wasn't going to put myself in a, in a position to get hurt again. However, I forgave him because I yeah. simply said, like, I, I need to do this in order to... I'd rather have you in my life instead of just not talking to you for the rest of my life and one of us dying and having that regret for the rest of my life. Yeah, and, and that's a noble part of grace that can lead us to um, try to work with through and through difficult situations yeah. but like you said there's certain thing there's certain limitations that are not the same as if it was uh, uh, not yeah, a hurt exactly. broken relationship you know you're not going to be living with your dad or something like that and people experience this all the time with families you know there's certain relationships because you they have not earned your trust back and you shouldn't necessarily always put yourself in a vulnerable situation yeah. that's not necessary right, right? Um, that could be, you know, damaging to you. <laughs> yeah, and that's good and fine. You know, and my, my wife has the same struggle with her mom, okay? Because right. her mom's, like, verbally abused her and stuff right. like that. And she finds it very difficult to do things with her. Um, and she keeps on doing these passive-aggressive moves and, you know, getting mad at us over silly things when it's really, you know, mind-boggling. So there, there's a limitation on how we interact with her because... Sometimes you have to do that for oh, yeah. your own protection. You realize if I were to be completely, I'm good, but like completely back in the life, you know, surrounded with this person, uh, like a normal relationship, it would continue to be detrimental to me. Exactly. Right? So. And that's not what God's asking right. anyone to do, right. you know? I mean, and if you're going to do something heroically like that, as you said, the, the mission should be I'm trying to do some type of relationship with them for a good right but you know if, if depending on the degree of person's hurt you know you should guard yourself to that degree right i mean if it's serious injury and hurt you should have nothing to do with those people right, right? right. um even if it's like a parent you, yeah. you might need to just say you are not allowed to be in my life anymore you know yeah. and that and that's a sad situation but uh and the they hopefully the hope would be if you cut them out of your life it's kind of like going to jail in a way yeah <laughs> consequences right? the consequences now we don't have a relationship so if you really value thing you you should then be sorry for what you did the hope would be that that person would become sorry for that right and then obviously we know the kingdom to come all those injuries and things are washed away and there's none of that anymore yeah. and there's no doubt everyone will trust one another in heaven yeah. right Okay, so there can there's varying degrees of how you approach that while guarding yourself. Okay, and even when someone like we talked about, even when someone is sorry for something, there's still varying degrees where you say, you know what, I want you to show that. Like any relationship, show me that you've changed. Don't just give lip service to it. You know, that's why we have penance, right? Mm -hmm. People don't always understand what's the point of penance if Jesus paid the price for everything. Like. No, God doesn't take our freedom away, and He knows that we're weakened by sin, and so, and he, we hurt our relationship with Him. So, like any good relationship, we have to do things to make it up. You know, right. if I screw up with my wife, I should be extra nice to her to show that I really love her, and not just be like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and just and ignore. And even the legal system knows that. Yeah. So that's that's the big point of penance and temple punishment. Why God mm -hmm. has that though, because He knows that it's for our own good. Yeah. To help us to grow and show our, you know, 
build that trust and build that relationship back in and it helps to change us right so that's why we need those things um and um that's why there's really no such thing truly as unilateral forgiveness i mean you know it doesn't wipe away the injustice right. or something it's not true forgiveness it's yeah. just yeah like a release a letting yeah. go a surrender and, and, and that's the problem that's the problem with some people gone to you know it's, you know christianity where you know, the idea of like oh it doesn't matter what i do god forgives me well it, obviously if you continue to live a life that doesn't quote matter and you continue to do things that quote hurt god it means you really don't care and love about him and you continue to damage that relationship uh and so that's you know god can't wipe away that your freedom was not to love him so it's amazing like jesus whenever he forgave someone right of their sins he always said something along the lines of go and sin no more he always called that person out of their sin yeah i feel like that's what we look over Christianity. And we have to remember too that in those situations like Jesus can read people's hearts. Yeah. Right. So the priest cannot read someone's heart. Someone has to actually your voice. <laughs> yeah, but even then he would expect you to actually verbalize right. before him what you did wrong. So right. yeah, the you you can't uh, you know, Jesus in those situations knows that the the you know the the uh, the woman the sinful woman that they committed the adultery or the sinful woman at the well yeah. you know but she made publicly known to everyone like hey there's a guy here who told me everything wrong that i did probably everyone's <laughs> like oh we know this woman so she's actually fessing up finally to all the wrong <laughs> she's done finally someone got to her thank goodness yeah. right so you know it's uh it's uh uh that's a unique thing that Christ has that you know the priest and other people don't have of course so that's why you right. have to actually confess your sins and in the past I don't know if you know that really this so in the past when you would confess your sins you had to confess your sins in front of the whole community it wasn't like a hey let's just go to the priest in private behind the screen and tell him my sins it was a hey whole community this is what I did wrong and then they would have like these extreme penances and then maybe like towards the end of your life you'd be let back into uh, into uh, into the church after these like extreme long penances so that's why some people would delay getting baptized (laughs) because they're like oh man I'm not going to be good and you know so to avoid these extreme long penances I'll just like like nominal wait till till closer to time I'm going to expire and then get and then the church really pulled that back and went no that's really not you know the exact way I think we should be doing this approach to mercy and forgiveness we need to welcome people back more quickly and not have such stringent penances but I mean people be like years of doing this or that and I was just like wow you know uh, you know and they're like that's not a good thing because they'll be the person who dies accidentally and never got baptized then we aren't as sure about that person so (laughs) let's uh, let's not do it that way so thank you so I just thought because it was on my mind that topic since uh, you know I've, I've seen things like within my own family and then it's tough because like 
how much do I forgive and what does that mean and do I just let people do you know go live a life of status quo or not and you know someone if they keep on hurting me and they're not sorry and they aren't showing changes do, do I still have to like treat them the same as if I it was someone who didn't do anything to me and that's like no that's not really the case and sometimes we get guilty feel guilty over that mm-hmm. you know but we shouldn't because ultimately justice is a, is a good from God to help everyone grow. And so we have to respect that. We can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.